Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. It's for you, Ray and Bay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports. Give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we're back to our original time, a little early, thought we were going to start it a little bit later, but we're here now, kind of get you set before the games. Um, hey, like always, give us a call, 718-664-9098. Your email is today at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the website, very cool, check it out, rayantaytoday.com. We got a little Boston Marathon, Patriots Day, NBA Playoffs. Playoffs, um, of course, some MLB. We got a cool NBA, uh, you know, segment. Our yo, that's yo, yo that's my guy. And um, we got to talk a little bit NFL news and get you more ready for the NFL draft. Now, obviously, on Friday, we're going to break down our quarterbacks. Ray, there could be like 13 quarterbacks drafted in this year's draft. That would be amazing. But uh, we'll give you like our top so five, six, whatever. See where we think they might go. I got to ask you, because this is the biggest question that everybody wants to know. If you're Steve Kerr, would you start Steph Curry tonight, or would you say, you know what, we're at home, we are going to take care of the Houston Rockets without Steph Curry at home for game two and get him well and healthy? What do you say? Sit him. It's the first round of the playoffs. You can beat the Rockets without Steph Curry. You could probably beat a lot of teams without Steph Curry, but this is the one round where you can probably rest because you figure in the next round you're going to play a much better team. So I would rest him, and I would make sure that ankle gets right because you need Steph Curry in the next round against the Clippers-Portland winner and definitely in the finals, and you don't want this to linger. And you know Steph Curry's had ankle problems before, and Uh. when he was two, three years ago when they didn't want to give him the money – it was because of his ankles. So, yes, definitely rest him. That's fair. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And to me, I don't think Houston showed enough. I'm sure they'll play better tonight, and we'll talk about it. But game one, Ray, that was, I think about that movie, Despicable Me. Well, it was Despicable Rockets. Um, 24 in the first half for Curry. Didn't you need to play in the second half. They held the Rockets to 78 points. I guess I I don't even know how to ask this to you, but what's the most disappointing thing about the Rockets, the AC, the roster, their team? Because when I was watching that, one thing that I I came to face and realize, honestly, is that James Harden is not – he's not – well, we know he's not a two-way player, but I can't give him that first – all NBA, you know, you know, guard, you know, you're going to go with Russell and, and Curry, but I can't give him accolades that he wants, like the MVP and all these other things, because this season, to me, yeah, you wind up second in scoring, but what you did last year compared to what you did this year, it's almost embarrassing in night and day. And Howard, he's done, Ray. He's done. I, I, I'll take Festus Azealia over Dwight Howard. I don't want Dwight Howard on the Knicks. I don't want, want him on any team that I even think of rooting for. Wow. How much has his star fallen? It's true. I, I'm being fair. I'm being honest. You know what? And I hate to say this because I actually thought James Harden would be a star, and you and I both gave him our Ray and Tay MVP last year over Steph Curry. Obviously, you, you, earned, it. For, 
Yeah, you earn it in the regular season and you vote before the playoffs. So obviously if you included the playoffs, you can't deny Steph Curry was the best player in the league last year. But to us, and you and I are in a complete agreement, your boy James Harden deserved it for last regular season. However, even the players gave it to him. And even you the know. players gave it, right. <laughs> However, he is quickly falling into that, and I'm going to warm your heart with this. Uh-uh. He is quickly falling into that Alex English, you know, Kelly Chapuka, Calvin Nat. Free, <laughs> Calvin Nat, that offensively, Mark Aguirre, though Aguirre did get traded and eventually, he, uh, you he, know, he the whole He's that supremely yeah. George Gervin. Oof. He's that supremely gifted offensive talent that doesn't really make anybody on his team better and is not really, really a winner and is not tremendously clutch. So, you know, I hate to say this because it sounds so negative, but if you're leading the league in scoring or among the top three in scoring and you are 6'7 and you could handle the ball and you're just an offensively, supremely talented, and you know he's left-handed, so that does it for me too. But (laughs) his teams, he can't get his teams over the hump. And he's at a point in his career and a point in his salary where he's always going to be the best player on your team. And you always ask that question, if James Harden is the best player on your team, are you going to win? Are you going to win a championship? Maybe we've gotten to the point where James Harden won't win a championship for another six, seven years until he becomes somebody's second or third option or sixth man. Mm. Because if James Well, not sixth man. I would say second. If he's your second best player, you're, you're doing good. Second best player. Fine. I, I'm thinking maybe towards back end of his career, maybe in 10 years, if, if he's okay. your sixth man or something nah. like that. But if he's your number one guy and everybody sits around and watches him and defers to James, I don't know if you're winning especially not in that Western Conference where there's people just as good as you and teams that are much deeper than you are, than yours is. Uh, so if you're a Houston basketball fan, you have a dilemma. I mean, I, I guess the best comparison is in-state is George Gervin. Totally different game, right? But same thing, big, tall, lanky George Gervin, six seven, six eight, you know, finger roll, Offensive player, led the league in scoring. Yeah, Harden is definitely not him yet because George did that for a long time. No, Harden no, but what I'm saying is no, 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 you're George right. never won. George got to right. one finals, you know, never won, was was always great on one side of the ball, That's never really made man, his teammates no? better. I, you Ice know, you man. could argue My cousin James. Tom had a, a poster of him, the Iceman. Oh, I used to love George Gervin. I'm saying James, really James Harden is right there with him offensively, though. Look at his numbers. Uh, but I, I'm just I'm just saying that's a little disappointing. So so I'm I'm a little disappointed if I'm a Houston Rocket fan right now. Yeah, no, definitely that was uh, it was a rough you know rough game. And honestly, you know, if we're gonna break it down and sort of looking at over the weekend, there's really only two or three games to discuss the one where the lower seed got, you know, took advantage and won the Pacers. We'll get to that in a minute. And then we have another injury with Avery Bradley, who's done for the series for the Celtics who were in a great game with the Hawks that went back and forth and then Piston Cavs. So let's talk about the, the, the Hawks and the Celtics, right? I went with the Celtics in the upset and now I, I just don't think they can do it. I, I could see them going five or six, but to be honest, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart can't defend the way that Bradley can, and we saw what Teague was doing. I can't remember what he wound up with, but he was at, like, what, 19 and 10 assists, wishing that he was with the Knicks, uh, <laughs> Knicks fans were. But Jeff but Teague – how really, he controlled the game, not even the stat sheet. Oh, just, just it was great. How no, he was great. his presence. You're totally right. But I give Hawks props for that win really one of the better games of the weekend. And, you know, you, you just feel like Boston, they, they push the right buttons. But like you did say, when you need a shot, 
who's going to get it? And you saw like Salinger take a shot and it was like, ugh. you know what I mean? Like there, there was not, you know, Evan, 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 Evan Turner shooting a three when he shoots horrible from threes. So, you know, you, you feel for them, they have to almost win a game by like six or eight points because if it's coming down to the last possession, it, it, it's hard to see where Boston is going to get buckets if it's not Isaiah Thomas because, you know, nobody else is pure, you know, in terms of getting you points or creating their own shot off the dribble. So now do you think the Hawks – I hate to say they sweep without, you know, Avery Bradley, but do you think they could sweep them? I think it's Boston's possible, got at least one But I think Boston is, is good enough – sort of uh, up and down on both sides of the court. And I think a game, they can take a game in Boston. But I, I liked Atlanta in, in this whole series. And, and, you know, like you said, Avery Bradley going down and winning a close game or losing a close game for Boston, I uh, think that's, that's the dagger for them in, in this series. That was huge. That was huge. And then, obviously, we got to talk about it because they're playing right now. 27 to 16, the Pacers are, are awakened <laughs> and I guess they're going to go with Damari Carroll and Corey Joseph, play them a little bit more to veterans. But game one, man, it was the Paul George show, 33 points. The youth of the Pacers, everybody chipped in. And you saw the best player on the court, PG-13, which we're both so happy, you know, after that, you know, brutal injury down in Vegas, to see him sort of back in the playoffs and, you know, remember him and, you know, when the Pacers were good three years ago, battling against the Heat, you know, Paul George was going right at LeBron seven games. So to see that, I, I'm encouraged, but I do think Toronto will be up. They're awake for this game. Let's see if they can play for four quarters. And I still think the Raptors will win this in, in, in five, maybe six, but I said five and I'll stick with that. So what, what do you think about, were you so disappointed in Toronto, and do you think now they're awake, or do you think this series can go game, you know, back and forth, back and forth? You know what? Uh, this series might be like the 2013 NBA Finals between the Spurs and the Cavs. Not as good, right? The two teams are not as good, but going back and forth, it might be one, 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 one. I think Ooh. that uh, you know, if they play 15 times, it might be eight, seven. I don't know who wins, but. Um, I have a feeling this Pacer team is, is, is tough, and they're going to win. Obviously, look, if the Raptors win, they're the favorite. They should have won. They won, what, five or six more games in the regular season. So, no, what was it, 56 to 48, I think. Um, so, you know, they should win this game. But you know what? The best player on the court is my guy, Paul George. So, oh, yeah. PG-13 is the best player on the court, and I just don't fear, and we talked about this before, you don't fear this Toronto Raptors lineup. Now, they'll win some games, and they're, and they, they're off to a good start right now, up 26-17, 27-16, sorry, after the first quarter. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure on the road that they're going to win these tough games in Indianapolis. So I think this, this goes seven, and I might even venture to say that the Pacers can win again in Toronto. Wow. I tell you one thing. After seeing uh, the Heat game and the whooping they put on the Charlotte Hornets, like Charlotte stole something from them, I think Toronto better fix their mess and their garbage fast because right now, Cleveland better wake up, Toronto better wake up because the Miami Heat, Hassan Whiteside came third in the voting. We give our props. Like I, I went with my boy Kawhi Leonard repeats. A defensive player of the year, uh, Draymond Green, your guy, came in second, just like last year. And then Hassan Whiteside was third. And I think the Heat Ray, Luau Dang looking good. And all their Luau guys. Luau Dang. Woo! What'd you think about that game? Let's talk about the Heat. I mean, because, look, if Drogic plays aggressive at, at point and you've got Winslow and Dang and all these wings and, and, and uh, Joe Johnson and Bob, this one and that one, this team – they can play small ball with the best of them, and that is where they can match up well, potentially, with the Miami Heat. So the Heat team, you always say, what would be with Chris Bosh? I, uh, I think they dispose of this Hornet team pretty easily. So the question becomes, how far can this Heat team go? Um, and again, the Hornets, no disrespect, but 
they're not ready. They just don't have the the roster a and I just and they don't have the experience b I mean you know when you're rolling out there with Kemba and Jeremy Lin as your top two you know offensive threats, then it's gonna be feast or famine you know they're gonna shoot a lot of shots, and I don't know that the playoff format where you play seven games, grind it out, we'll see if if you know if they can do that, but I just think Drogic and Wade in the backcourt is is much better um this Heat team, I tell you what, man. If, if Cleveland plays the way they're playing, um, actually they're, they're three six, so they would come out of here in the next round. I mean, we're already looking ahead, right? But they would come out in the next round, and they're Toronto, tough. Yeah. They're, they're Toronto, Indiana, and you figure if Indiana wins, that's an interesting match. If Toronto wins, it's also I, I got to think the Heat are probably right now favored to to win the way they looked yesterday. They're favored to meet. Cleveland in the finals, but uh, let's oh, not go that yeah. far. But uh, yeah, yeah good, no, good, good look for Cle- good look for the Heat, and, and you're always sitting there wondering what if a healthy Chris Bosh were on this team. Well, I think you know the Mad Hatter Riley. He's saying I designed it again, you know, and if I had a healthy Bosh, we'd be ready to go and and bang horns with the Cleveland Big Three, and he might just be right. I mean. You know, honestly, when you, you, you look at the roster, it's it's pretty talented. Even this young kid, Josh Richardson, coming out of nowhere. And, you know, their guards. He will dunk on you. You say something bad about his mama, oh, and he will oh, dunk goodness. on you and Woo! your mama. His, remember we used to say his hops are undetermined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, it, it's great to see. You know, I look, I – I thought going into the season, even in our preview, and I tweeted out our preview the other day, that this Heat team could be, um, you know, they they could be, uh, as my two-year-old would say, delicious. <laughs> you know, they, they could really, you know, cause some, some, some stuff for some people. And, you know, I, I still think Wade could be in LeBron's head. I, I don't know where LeBron would be at in a seven-game series against the Heat. That would be fascinating really? to me. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the buddy-buddy friendship thing. Um, but don't you think LeBron did that to Kevin Durant already and won a title? Yeah, him and Durant aren't that close, though. Not That's, like Wade, for sure, no, but, but he was – you know, everybody's like, oh, you can't friend. buddy up. You can't buddy They're up with somebody and still beat him. You know what I mean? Like, Durant and LeBron are friends from the Olympics. Wade and LeBron are like, they're like brothers. They're real friends. So, you know what I mean? Like, LeBron and Chris Paul, you know, he's the godfather to Chris Paul's son. So, you know, I mean, so that's a different type of connection. And I just, I got to tell you, I, that's one that I, I'm not going to say I would pick the Heat. We'll see when we get there. But um, so let, let's talk about it. Let, let's talk about what happened because the Pistons, man, you got to give them a lot of respect. Game one, they looked Goliath in the face and they said, we're not afraid of you. Our rocks are big like your rocks. Our sticks are big like your sticks. And the only thing that was missing to me was just a little bit of composure at the end of the game. Because if they can continue to shoot and Stanley Johnson and Morris can switch off playing LeBron and do the best job they can, and Drummond can get a little bit more offensively, and you see Jackson and, and Caldwell Poe played a nice game, I'm telling you, the Pistons, they can definitely get a game. But like you said, this is great for them for their playoff experience. And for that, I think they're really, you know, Stan Van Gundy, great coach. I think it's building for the future for the franchise. So even just getting swept 4-0 to me is a win for the Pistons. And Marcus Morris was balling, Ray. I mean, that was just, you know, ridiculous. That was so impressive to me. And then, of course, look, you know, you get playoff highs, career highs from Kyrie and Love. And, you know, Cleveland was looking like, but it's funny, the big three played so great, and they barely won. Isn't that kind of uh, interesting to you? What do you think about that? You know, with this team, it's winning advance. They'll get to the finals. It's just a matter of the NBA finals. It's just a matter of how many losses, if it's one, two, or three. I just think it's all about just 
winning, four, like Moses said, four, four, four. Just win, win those four June. games. See, see, see me in June. June. That's what yeah, you say. Exactly. Okay. I, I like that that swag and that confidence. So, not that we want to break down the blowouts, but out of the Warriors, we already talked about, but out of OKC, Spurs, and the Clippers, which of the three were most impressive to you, and which team did you feel is ready to bang heads with, with the Warriors, especially if Curry is, let's say, not 100, maybe 90%, even if he's okay? What, what, what did you like of the Spurs? Well, the, the problem is the matchup, right? It, it, the Spurs and Thunder would match up. So I would say yeah. that, you know, obviously, the, they're going to bludgeon each other and somebody uh, will come out of there after six uh, or seven games a little beat up. That might but, be one of the best series we see all, all playoffs. I would say I liked what I saw from the Thunder. You know, they're riding slightly under the radar, and it's hard. when you Think about this. You have two of the top five, six, seven players in the NBA, and you're under the radar screen. You know, two of the top five radar, you know, you you might have the sixth man of the year. You have – talent up and down the roster you went to the finals four years ago and yet you're under the radar screen you're you have the third best fourth best record in the league and 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 they're they're tough man they're a tough matchup their problem has always been 60 minutes because to beat the spurs and to beat golden state you have to play well for 60 minutes but i might venture to say that in a in a 48 minute game (laughs) You know, for for stretches, they're they're the best team in the league. I mean, them, Golden State, and San Antonio, all three are almost indistinguishable at their best because they're just so tough. I mean, they can defend when they want to. They don't defend often enough every possession, but they can defend when they want to. And they have some size, they have some shot blocking, and they got Durant Westbrook, right? And and you don't. So. Oh, definitely. And Ibaka and Cantor and. Yeah, of course, yeah. Those two plus the size, I mean, that's that's a nice, it's uh, a nice matchup. What do you think about the Spurs, though? The Spurs are the Spurs, you know. The Spurs are, you know, if the Spurs were in the good. East, I'd say wake me up in June. <laughs> but obviously, the Spurs are in the West, so they'll blow through this first round series. They look good. Pop will manage it, and then the second round is going to be a tough matchup, you know. OKC and the Spurs. It's going to be brutal, and then if they were able to get through that, Golden State and the Spurs will be brutal. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's all brutal in the West when you think about the the playoffs. It's, um, it's one of those things where I don't, you know, the first round, not so much, but that second round, pretty much for everybody, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like torture because these guys are so good. I want to talk about the Clippers, man, because what I saw and and just looking at one, Blake is back. He was looking good. And to me, Professor, uh, you know, what we call him, Professor Prince Paul, Chris Paul, he's good, man. Chris Paul is really, really good. Like, I... I want to see the MVP voting because I just think this guy, and I've heard people talking about it just today, but when you come to think of it, yeah, you knock Melo, people don't knock Durant, all the pressure on LeBron, but people have sort of knocked Paul, but then I, I think now he's starting to get to the place where it's past knocking him. He's almost just now underrated because of the emergence of Curry, and Curry kind of cut the line, it seems like, you know? And I think, to me, Chris Paul is an all-time great point guard who, if he does not win, won't get recognized as that. Like, I don't think he'll be in the top six or seven all-time point guards without a ring. Would, would that be a fair assessment, do you think? He yeah, needs that ring. Hard. To... I mean, it, it, the only other one that is in that category is John Stockton, but he went to two finals, and John Stockton is the NBA leader in assists and steals. So, you know, he, his resume speaks for itself. So, right. Chris Paul would kind of be in that same category elite point guard, but never won. 
you know, Allen Iverson's in a category of, of that kind of all-time scorer type of, you know, type of player. But I really want him to win. I really want to get this monkey off his back. Not only for him and his legacy, but just I love his game. I want to see Chris Paul. You know, he's, he's a classic point pure guard. Point. I'm, I run the team. I'm that guy that gets on your nerves when I need to. I'm that little guy that's the pest. That that just dribbles and, and and handles the game and manages. I'm the quarterback, you know. I'm the quarterback on the court, and I'm that guy. So I, I want to see him succeed. Are you? I don't know. Like I mean, when you look at the Clippers, do you think they have it in them with this roster? And if Blake gets like as we counted the game toward the end of the season, and we were looking forward, if Blake gets, you know four or five games in with this Clipper series. Look, Portland's tough, but I think they handled Portland pretty well. Do you think that they're going to be able to push the Warriors? You know, it's stylistic. So roster-wise, I don't think they have a problem. Their roster is good. Their roster is tough. Look, Jamal Crawford might win sixth man of the year. Any team that has Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan up front probably is better in terms of pure big men than your team. Chris Paul is arguably the best point guard in the league. I mean, Steph Curry's on the level by himself. He's probably the best player in the league. But if you think pure point guard, Chris Paul, they have Redick and, uh, and, and like I said, Crawford uh, shooting. And then they have, you know, Paul uh, Pierce. Pierce with his veteran leadership and, and Kevin Green with the versatility. So roster-wise – they're fine. If they won the NBA championship, you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> the only thing is, you know, we come back to that West. In order for them to win, they'll have to they'll have to play. Assuming they get through Portland, they'll have to play the the Golden State Warriors, the NBA's best regular season or most accomplished regular season of all time in the second round on the road. They're going to have to win at least one game, if not two, in Golden State. That's a fair point. Can they do it, you know, roster-wise? Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, They have as good a roster as anybody. So from a GM perspective... How about I tell you this? The best way for them to do it is to put DeAndre Jordan in the sixth, seventh man role coming off the bench with Crawford. Start Paul Reddick, Paul Pierce, Jeff Green, and Blake Griffin at the center, and 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 that's how you that's how you go with the Warriors. That's the Clippers' best shot at winning. So that's how that's how I'm right. No, no, you're 100 percent right, and and it all comes back to the fact that big men are not what they used to be. Andre Drummond in the East and DeAndre Jordan in the West should be able to be Moses Malone. They should be able to put up 25 and 30 along with 15 boards. 35% from the free throw line. Right. So so that's problem number one. Moses is an 80% free throw shooter. And also they have no back-to-the-basket, you know, basic big man skills. So they're great athletes. They run, they finish, they dunk, and they do all that stuff above the rim, which is great. Drummond's but getting better, though. Drummond's Drummond got is. more Drummond than is. You're right. You're right. Drummond. You're right. Jordan's, you know, right at the, at the apex of his career. And you've got to say to yourself, if he was able to develop offense game, he could punish the Warriors. But, but you're right. They have to play him in spurts. They have to think of him as yeah. a, an asset off the bench. As a great role player. As opposed to a starter and liability. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. That that's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be. So that's that's all the the game ones. I mean, you know, poor Dallas. They just look brutal. Game two is tonight for that. Give me uh, any surprises tonight or tomorrow night in the game twos as we you know go forward this week in the NBA playoffs. I mean, I don't think the Rockets would win tonight. I'm sure Curry is not going to play. That's the smart move from Kerr. I wouldn't play Curry. I'd rest them to game three or four if need be, um, but definitely game three. Could Dallas wake up a little bit tonight? Um, uh, Indiana's still down 40 to 27. And then what do you think about tomorrow night? Any of the game two sort of 
shockers do you see as we progress forward? Not really. I think they're all blowouts. Um, yeah. I would have said before, I mean, I'm cheating now. I see the score. I would have said Pacers maybe against the Raptors. Uh, would probably be the team that has the best chance. They could, but I, but I yeah. think uh, Raptors are fired up. They're at home. They'll win this. But yeah. I would say Pacers. I think I think blowouts. I think the Thunder blow out the Mavericks. Portland tomorrow. Uh, I think Portland's on Wednesday. Tomorrow okay. is. Uh, oh. I mean, yeah, yeah just a game two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Celtics, Hawks, and then Grizzlies, Spurs. Okay. Yeah. So you know, can the can the Celtics? Beat the Hawks, yeah. To me, that's a, that's that's not a huge upset. I mean, they all finish with the same record. Yeah. So can the Celtics, you know, who lost by one point, can they come in and beat the Hawks? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that, that would probably be the one. But again, that's not a big upset. I mean, it's it's a yeah. two teams finish exactly the same record. Um, I'd like to see. You know, I'm rooting for the underdog, so I'd like to see the Pistons give the Cavs a little bit of a run for the money, like they did. And maybe even sneak out a game in Cleveland. I don't think they will. And I want to see the Hornets. I want to see the Hornets play well against Miami. Uh, you know, I, I'm riding Miami, you know, all the way through to the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know what? I want to see this Hornet team. Yes, and I will buy a Hornet jersey and wear it. I, 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 it's all my, it's all my, not even my bucket Ray, list. Ray, my Ray is list. late uh, fans down there, in Charlotte. I'm telling you, they, they, you know, we've gotten some emails. He, he kind of forgot about y'all when he was down with them Bobcats. And, and, and hated on y'all making the playoffs. He didn't believe. Well, now it's two years later, and he's got to believe again. They made it again to the playoffs. That's uh, good Good for Charlotte, man. You know, look, I think Jordan has kind of turned it around. He needs a break. He needs one of these draft picks to sort of develop, like the Zeller or the, you know, one of these guys, Kaminsky, to, be, to turn into an all-star. You know, it might not happen, but sometimes – Teams get lucky. Thompson, Draymond Green, you know what I mean? Like these draft picks, nobody knew they'd be this good. And that's what Charlotte kind of needs. Like the Warriors got a little lucky. They can act all arrogant all they want to, but they got a little lucky with some of their draft picks. Let's just, you know, keep it real and be honest. And I think that's what Jordan needs like any other franchise, you know. And speaking of these franchises, so we have a hiring, and I want to know what you think about it. The Brooklyn Nets hired Kenny Atkinson, uh, he was coaching at Richmond before. It was a, what, a, just an assistant with the Wizards or the Hawks. I forgot where he was. Was that a shocker to you? That kind of came out of left field to me. I, I, it did. I, and, I, you know, obviously I knew the name and, and I kind yeah. of had, had yeah. heard about him. Don't know much about his style of coaching. But I guess think about the Nets and where they've been, right? They went with Avery It's Johnson. very sad right now. They were at Jason Kidd. And then they went with your boy uh, Lionel, Lionel Collins. Yeah. So where do they go, right? They went with the first-time head coach, ex-player. They went with the veteran head coach, ex-player. And then they went with the long-time veteran head coach, ex-player. You know what I mean? So I, they tried everything. Um, hey, I, I wish I wish Atkinson well. You know, he, he's in a depleted situation because of that uh, draft picks that they gave up uh-huh. for – the aging Garnett, Pierce, and Jason Terry. And so they're in full rebuild mode. So I, I hope they give them yeah, three this years is, this to, is to do this. Yeah, flip exactly. mode without the squad, yo. This is uh, – it's brutal. I, you know, and that building, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't seen the attendance yet for the season for these teams. I don't know how they did attendance-wise. Um, unfortunately, both New York teams are, are looking for coaches. I think, you know, the stories have come out, you know, oh, Phil talking to Walton, not talking to Walton. Walton's going to stay in Golden State, and he'll go get a Laker job after Byron coaches one more year, or and him and Phil will meet there together, something like that. So he's staying there. I think the Knicks should go with Mark Jackson or Thibodeau. It's not going to happen. They're going to probably keep Kurt Rambis. Now, the interesting thing is Minnesota, Ray, it looks like it could be between Thibodeau and Jeff Van Gundy. What are your thoughts about the Timberwolves, and where would you go? I tell you what, these guys better enjoy their freewheeling, up-and-down style that they've been playing. Now, obviously, they haven't won any games. They won, what, 30, 33, 34 games. But it's no fun playing for Jeff Van Gundy or Tom Thibodeau. 
Oh, so <laughs> I hope these cats want to play D. I wouldn't want either. I'm I just... hope they want to play D, and I hope they want to grind because you oh. just change. They take the air out of the ball. Oh, boy. It's the same oh, old guys. Boy. Come on. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure that that's the right fit for these two for this franchise you know give me me, kevin ollie i want something innovative i want something new something different give me jay wright kevin ollie calipari give me you know what i mean i want something yeah i think you need somebody i think you need somebody that can relate to these kids and, and, and somebody with that dogmatic you know defensive philosophy I'm not sure that that that's going to resonate with these kids. Now, granted, I love the fact that they pro that they preach defense, Thibodeau and Van Gundy, but they grind on you. And and to me, they're like a two three year fix when you're close. You know, maybe they're they're the they're the team that you know. I, say the Oklahoma City team stays together, and their one missing link is they don't defend in the fourth quarter of playoff. Then you bring in a Thibodeau or a Van Gundy or something like that because these guys are good enough offensively and they just need to tweak it on defense. But I'm not sure this young team with those two grinders, I don't think it's a good fit. No, I I definitely don't. And to me, you could lose, you know, after that first contract, you could have some of those young studs be like, I'm out. And I I think you want to try to keep – you want Wiggins, Towns, Muhammad, and and, uh, and the dunk kid – you want them to all, Zach Levine, you want Zach them to Levine, grow yeah. together and want to sign that second deal in Minnesota. So to right. me, you've got to get a coach that's more on the same page with them. If you don't, then it's almost idiotic, if you want to be honest. You know, um, so, you know, those are the, the, the talks. I mean, there's more coaching jobs, and, you know, I, I don't want the Knicks to get rambus. But let, let's talk about our, our – before we close out basketball and get to some MLB – we have our segment. We're going to focus on the NBA playoffs with it. Yo, that's my guy. Ray and Tay, we got a bunch of our segments. And sometimes we get some requests of the emails. We haven't done an I'm sorry in a while or different things, but we're doing Yo, that's my guy. And we each have a guy that we're going to bang the table for and give you a reason that we're kind of repping for him. Ray, I'm going to let you go first. Who's Ray's guy for the NBA playoffs? So you know, there's a lot of guys, and there's a lot, a lot of, guys. of guys that everybody know knows know about. And, and my guy. There's not too many guys, 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 right? There's not too many guys, guys. guys. I'm looking guys, guys. <laughs> I'm a guys guy. I'm a man's man. So when you look at the NBA today, and you really, really, in your heart of hearts, ask yourself. Who are these complete basketball players, two-way players that can not only impact the game on the offensive end but also on the defensive end and really don't have major weaknesses on either side of the court? That list is very short. And one of those guys, and now that was my guy a few years ago, was Kawhi Leonard. And he did his thing, won his second straight uh, defensive player of the year, won the – uh, MVP of the finals last year. So he, he definitely had his coming out party. The Here other guy, though, in the same vein is my guy, Paul George. And we had a discussion a couple years ago about Paul George and Carmelo, and he got hurt. And I said, you know what? I would take Paul George every time. The guy is just awesome. He plays both sides of the court. He's a leader. He is really a, a guy that just does everything you need. I mean, regular season, 23 points, seven rebounds, four assists, um, just your consummate professional. And remember, this guy's team totally changed on him. His teammate, look at his teammates a couple years ago. His teammates a couple years ago were David West, Roy Hibbert, and, you know, they had this big lineup. And now this year they go with the small lineup. So they've, it, it's almost like a football player where they change the offensive coordinator, you know, and it's like, <laughs> hold up, my, my team is totally different, right? I, I'm rolling with a whole different kind of squad now. And, uh, you know, Monte Ellis is shooting the ball and, and, and George Hill and Ian Mahimi and, and Allen, you know, they, they're all 
totally different squad than than even he had two three years Young ago. Young Miles Turner. <laughs> yeah, MT. So to me, I love Paul George's ability to impact the game on both sides of the uh, both sides of the court. Don't love his roster, so that's why I don't know that I can roll with him, you know, to the NBA Finals or even to the Eastern Conference Final. But, yo, that's my guy right there. He's in Indianapolis holding it down, a basketball town, and he's a (laughs) basketball player's basketball player. You know what I mean? He's a hooper. He does it all. That's my guy. Kawhi Leonard two years ago, Paul George this year. I am not mad at that. Coming back off injury, no less, right? You could have said the same thing about him two years ago, but because of that brutal injury that he had, you know, trying out for the Olympic team, bouncing back, extra kudos to him. No, and that makes it all the more impressive, and you just got to be so ecstatic for a guy like that because he, um, you know, fans know that guy has gone through it. Just the rehab of that alone was it, it was a brutal injury you know it was just a, a brutal brutal injury and we all saw that and it's just one of those things where you're like wow that that was hard to watch in in terms of you know just what went down for that team well for me my guy He Who's shot. Who you got? Who you got for us? He shot ten for twenty-two the other day. Okay. And he had a career high in the playoffs of twenty-eight points. This man had a had an assist and thirteen rebounds, and he is part of a big three. And he is what I want to call Mister Love. The difference maker. Where because is right the love? now, all LeBron needs is the love. Because if you can get Kevin Love 20 to 22 shots a game, and you can get him in the post, and you can get him scoring and being a part of this offense, I think that my guy, Kevin Love, will be the difference maker for the Cleveland Cavaliers to take down Spurs, Thunder, or the Warriors. I think Kevin Love is the key, and I've said this all along, and Tyron Lue is doing it. You have got to put this gentleman in the post. You've got to get him touches early. It's like a star wide receiver, right? Give me the ball early. Get, let me get warmed up. It's, in, it's imperative, yo. And I'm telling you, look, he got more on the glass, 13. Kevin Love, he's not a scrub. And when he's confident, yeah, he had two turnovers. But but you know what? He he got involved, had two fouls, played some defense a little bit. And when he's banging on the glass and he's not just standing there like a little puppet, a scarecrow lost to the three-point line, you have the opportunity to not just breeze through the Eastern Conference, but you have the opportunity to bang heads with any of those teams in the West, Clippers, Thunder, Spurs, or Warriors. So that's why Kevin Love, yo, that's my guy. He's going to help LeBron get his third championship. Let's go, baby. Wow. Wow. Not only is he your guy, you're right. If he plays like this, that's what's going to happen. I dropped the mic. That's it. Wow. Boom, boom. Boom. So let's get to some baseball, man. Or actually, you know, before we get to baseball, can we just, can we just like give some love for Patriots Day? Boston Strong. We had, for the first time ever, men and women, two championships, uh, two winners from uh, Ethiopia. I thought that was great. And the, one of the gentlemen, he finished in two hours and 49 minutes with a prosthetic leg. I don't know if you saw the story. It's great. And he married another marathon um, you know, person who was involved in the, the incident a couple years ago. And he finished at the exact time that the bombs went off um, 
you know, at the race last year. So I, I thought that was kind of like just wild, bone chilling and emotional and, and two hours and 49 minutes and um, good, good for the, the, the contestants and people running. Of course, Patriots Day, the Red Sox lost. But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is doing a movie about one of the guys, one of the survivors. So a lot of positive came out of it, I thought. What did you think about the uh, Patriots Day and the Boston Marathon and all that jazz? You know, I, I like the fact that they run this game every year. And Boston Marathon will be forever linked to it. And so it'll be a special day up in Boston every year. Um you know what? Tradition is tradition, and that's the beautiful thing about sports. It keeps going, and despite that tragedy, it keeps going. And so, it was good to see, like you said, props to uh, you know to the two runners who, who won. And Ethiopia is on the map. The Kenyans, the Ethiopians, you know, they're running in. That. I'm telling you, man, you got to run up in altitude. You got to get up there, man. You got to get up in in that mile high altitude. Uh, but no, it was great. It was great. And, and you know, um, I still picked the Red Sox to win the American League and, and maybe even go all the way to the World Series. So I got my eye on them. But well, uh, but enjoy it. Yeah. Now you know you need to have your eye on is the whole D.C., Baltimore, Maryland metro area. Because right now, what the Nats and the Orioles are doing, from Bryce Harper to my boy Mark Trumbo and Manny Machado, these guys are banging it out of the park, and they're looking for a, a metro a metro series, you know, the Beltway series. And it's, it, you know, it's good to see some great uh, baseball fans down there, great sports fans down in that area, my stomping grounds in Maryland, from my college days. Ray, I am very impressed with both these uh, teams, their offenses, the pitching is, you know, obviously the Nats have much better pitching than the Orioles. But would, would you have ever imagined if I told you that right now leading the AL and batting at any time this year, even after the first game, Mark Trumbo batting 386. Manny Machado, you might believe, he's batting 383. But Ray, two Orioles batting over 380, but Trumbo 386. You know, the fans in the desert are like, what happened to that guy? Because when he was out here, he didn't do nothing for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. What are your thoughts about the, the big sticks, let alone that they've got uh, Chris Davis, Andrew Jones, the Orioles, this might be uh, – it might be the Orioles' year, Ray. Well, it's a little early for that. Um, <laughs> but I do like this Beltway balling that's going yeah. on here. And over there, Harper and Ramos, right? Wilson Ramos and Bryce Harper doing it for the Nats. Yeah, that, that, look, they're leading both leagues. <laughs> so the disappointment is obviously in the Mets, who are five and six, uh, um, and the, the surprise is the Philadelphia Phillies, who we thought were, were you know, unbelievably bad. They're six and seven, uh, and you know, we, we mentioned this a little bit over the weekend, but kudos to the Atlanta Braves for sweeping <laughs> the, the Marlins. I think it was in their series. And then the Twins, both of them started 0-9 and, and then swept this weekend. It was weekend. Getting, so, getting scary. It was getting scary in those two cities. Oh, boy. Oh, the fans are like, do we sell the tickets now? Do we not even <laughs> wait to get to May or June? I mean, it, you know, Boston has been known for a June swoon. I mean, this was an April, you know, abomination. So good for them. You know, you never want to see teams be historically bad. It's one thing to be bad. You don't want to be historically bad. Um, but yeah, the, the surprise in baseball so far is probably the Baltimore Orioles. You know, nobody nobody pictured them to be you know sixty and one hundred two, but still to have the best record in the American League, lead the American League East. It's only after eleven games, but it's still impressive. Now, what's up with our Yankees? They're five and six, but um, Batances and Miller are on fire, striking out anybody that wants to grab some wood. And, you know, Chapman, you know, still, what is he, like uh, 20 games away, 19 games away still. But we don't even Christ. need him between Miller and Batanchez. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, how good 
I mean, you almost want to say that we need to just let these guys be like, look, from the sixth inning to the ninth inning, you know, every other night, just, just put these guys in if the starters aren't doing it and then the Yankees are lights out. With that, those type of arms, if the bats can wake up a little bit, that five and six, you got to believe the Yankees have a, a run in them that they could go, you know, they could go on a serious run and start playing some better baseball. But, oof, right now they're, they're kind of struggling. What do you, what do you, what's going on in New York, Ray? I didn't have much hope for the Yankees doing anything more than finishing around 500. And uh, nothing has told me that they won't. Um, the pitching has been better than I thought. The you know just hey, pitching is all about health, right? The talent's there. It's yeah. all about health. He's, he's actually pitched fairly well, especially out of the number five hole. Um, the offense, the offense, the offense. That, that's always going to be my my issue, and especially when this offense is anchored around you know what four or five guys in their early to mid thirties. So uh, I mean I don't know what to say about the Yankees. They'll they'll be what they'll be. They'll be around a five hundred team. They'll compete. And Same record with the Mets, though, right? Yeah, but I like the That's Mets roster a lot better. Yeah, but uh, you build you know, hey, young pitchers. Well, you know what you got to really be surprised about the team that we both picked to win the AL West. How about the Houston Astros struggling at five and eight? Um, you know they've got some big series this week. I know they ended the the weekend with. Uh, Boston and, and Houston. They are be last fun. in their division. The only, I mean, I mean, the saving grace, though, they're only two games behind Texas, who's seven and six. Exactly. So it's not but like anybody's eight, running away not, with that division. No, yeah. no one will run away, but that's not what you thought you'd get from Houston uh, starting out. They're, they're kind of, it looks like they're struggling to find their way where you might be more surprised by the way the athletics have been playing. The Rangers, you're not surprised by, but, you know, do you think Houston is uh, – did we overhype them? Was last year kind of luck? No, or, or I, I think okay? they're still – I think they'll be fine. I, I like Texas in that division. Um, uh, you know, Oakland's a surprise team at 6-7. and seven. They, They'll fall out of contention pretty quickly. Just They just don't have the roster. They just don't have depth. Um, Seattle's always been an enigma. And the Angels, you know, they've got perennial – best player in the league in Mike Trout and then you know Pujols is at the end of his career but they, they they're still good but they're not they're not elite anymore uh but I still think this is the the Astros division to win I mean they, they'll be fine and then Texas Rangers will get you Darvish back so it, it'll be a two-team race but yeah. I'm not worried I'm not worried it's only it's only what is it for them 13 games in when you get to 30 40 50 games then you start to to feel more like you you get a good read on this division, but I think Houston's fine. All right. Well, let's, let's close out the show, man, with a little bit of NFL talk. There's some news and notes and some draft rumors. We got to, you know, get in that mode. The draft rate is right around the corner, just a week and a half away. Next Thursday, the 28th of April, the Rams will be on the clock. Do you – okay, first of all, Trent Richardson signs the running back from Bama, Colts, Browns and Colts signs with the Baltimore Ravens. Good signing, or is it just the why would they waste their time? He's still only 26. I was about to say, he's still only 26. He knows what it's like to be on the top of the mountain. He wasn't there long. Uh, He knows what it's like to be off the mountain. So, look, maybe he's hungry. I mean, this guy was a star at Alabama, so give him a chance. He lost some weight. He's getting his, you know, he's getting his. His mojo back. They say Eddie Lacy's doing the same thing up in up well, in uh, Green Bay. You're talking about hungry. Eddie Lacy, he, I think he put down the burgers and he lost 15 to 18 pounds. That that's a good look. He he needs that. Okay. We'll we'll see what happens. So this is the sort of sad side. A lot of guys are questioning Jalen Smith from Notre Dame. If the nerves will regenerate in that knee, he would have been probably a top three pick. Oh, um, that's just, probably be that's re- breaks, breaks your heart. Breaks your heart. A stud linebacker from Notre Dame, and then some guys even have questions about Miles Jack that his knee could explode on him, and that he might only have five, six years in him. What are your thoughts about Miles Jack? Do you, if you're a top five, six team, 
you know he's the probably the best linebacker in the draft. You know, you got Reggie Haglin, you know, some other guys on the inside, but Miles Jack is an explosive athlete. Do you take a chance or will he be one of those guys that on draft night we're just watching him fall and fall and fall just because of uh, of the medical and, and not being sure he's really going to not just be healthy, but have any type of longevity? Because we know he can play ball. So you're looking at his tape and you're saying this guy can play. I'll take him at all costs. He's a top five pick. But then the medical people get in your ear and they tell you, well, it's not a sure thing that he'll back, be back at 100%. And you say, well, I'll take Miles Jack at 90%. I'll take Miles Jack at 80%. But a top five pick's a guy that needs to make an impact today and for the next, you know, for his ten first years. two contracts. At least 10 so, That's hard. I, I've got to tell you, i got to say it's a hard pick. I, I, I would tell you, and I hate to say this, I'd probably cop out and take the healthy guy. I'd take the mm-hmm. less talented healthy guy. If, if, if I had to be honest with myself, so wait, it's a game of injury. Six, Baltimore's on the clock. All the, you know, Terrell Suggs gets hurt. He's, he's been injured. He's getting older. They don't have that many linebackers or the Niners who lost all their linebackers at seven. You tell me Miles Jack gets past Baltimore or the Niners with their defensive no, philosophy? No, I think, no, I think one of them will take him. And okay. probably the Niners have seen him a few times, you know, being in on the West yeah. Coast, that whole Pac-12. I don't think he slips that far. I still think his tape is so outstanding and yeah. his versatility is so outstanding that – you know, unless his knee is brutal, um, you got you got to rely on the doctors, right? And look, doctors are wrong too. Remember Drew Brees, the my and all the Miami fans. Yeah. Like, we should have gotten the we should have got Drew Brees. No, you shouldn't have. You relied on the doctors, and I can't be mad at that. You relied on the doctors. The doctors said, look, this guy doesn't really have a good shot of rehabbing that shoulder, and he did. So he was a one in a million case. Doctor Andrews fixed him up, but I, I can't blame you for listening to the doctors. So first and foremost, I would listen to the doctors. No, you, you're right about that. It's one of those things that it's you feel like, hey, if I get a B plus player that plays eight to eleven years in the in you know in the draft, I'm good. Compared to if I get an A A to A plus player and then his career is over in three years, that was kind of not a great draft. You know what I mean? And I think that's how cats have to look at it. I got to tell you, if I'm the Patriots or one of these better teams, Cardinals, Panthers, maybe second, third round, I go ahead and take a Jalen Smith. And I think Miles Jack, you know, he's healthy enough that he's going to be playing, you know, in training camp, mini camp, mini camps starting today, 24 teams. But he'll, after the draft, he'll be healthy, I think, for week one. I just, you know, with the knee, they're saying that the, the cartilage is coming off the bone already. You don't know how long he'll last. But Miles Jack, to me, is a top five pick. I, I, I couldn't see – I could see him going two to Cleveland. I mean, he may be a top one or two talent before that knee injury. So at the end of the day, are the Rams taking Goff or are they taking Wentz? All this foolishness. I mean, golf. There's been a lot of golf, golf, golf talk, and yeah. he's the West Coast guy, and he's you know playing at Cal. But I think they take Wentz. I would believe so too, and I think they're playing coy just because maybe they want to see if they can lure the uh, Browns up to trade from two to one. And I honestly, I think the Browns probably don't take a quarterback, Ray, and they can easily trade back into the first round or 32 say, Hey, I'll take Connor cook or Christian Hackenberg there, whoever's left over, you know, and I'll, and I'll give me a quarterback later and roll with RG three for a bit. I think the Browns need so much talent. They could trade down it to get a second, you, know, you know, get a player at a 11 or 15 or 17 and then even get a second, you know, another second round pick. So I, we'll see how it goes. I would guess right now, I would say draft night, we're going to have about five trades in the first round. I think it's going to be the wild, wild west, Ray. The wild, wild west. (laughs) The wild, wild west. (laughs) 
Yeah, man. So, look, good show. We got a playoff to watch. You know, we'll keep our eye and update you on the hockey, what the you know teams are doing as well. And uh, Friday, we're going to look at the NFL draft, the quarterbacks. We're going to give you the teams we think that they'll go to and break them down for you. Ray and Tay, the official pre, 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 getting you ready for, the, for that draft because you know what? Monday is our draft preview show, the 25th. Are you ready? You got you got your mock ready, Ray? Mock Almost. it up. I'm ready. Got to mock it up. We got to redo it now, right? With the Rams with number one, so so we'll, we'll we'll hit you strong. Enjoy the the basketball playoffs. Watch some baseball this week. The hockey, and um, hey, like always, it's fun talking sports with you. Thanks for listening. See you on Friday. We're out. Peace.